from the banks of the Yiga River to the mountains of Beauchamp, beside homestead hearths, around travelers' campfires, on the streets of cities great and small, her stories are told. Destroyer of demons, swindler of spirits, former prefect of the celestial city, 10,000 voices telling 10,000 tales. Hear them now as they tell the tales of Frost Cricket. The three true loves of Frost Cricket. First love, the law. Let it be known that this story is approved by the censors of the earthly bureaucracy for the edification of the people of Yengola. I was told that once, when the land was young and the lawgivers walked with man, that war was rare and roads were always safe to travel. As such, the oracles of Yankoga traveled freely between cities, sharing their auguries with those who needed them. When visiting the celestial city, the augur priests received hundreds of supplicants, turning away thousands more. Only those of auspicious fate were granted an audience, for the oracles found little joy in ordinary lives and ordinary deaths. Frost Cricket, who was still a prefect of the 8th district, mistook the line of supplicants for a merchant's queue. She was quickly recognized and ushered into the oracle's presence. As her eyes adjusted to the gloomy, incense-fogged tent, she beheld the veiled and jeweled form of the augur priest. Huh. Frost Cricket said. Yes. Replied the augur priest. Many who come are surprised I'm not taller. He smiled through his veil, and Frost Cricket saw his teeth were stained from devouring the nectar flowers of Yonkoga. Although most of them do not stumble upon me by accident. He passed her a cushion to sit on, then signaled his blind musicians to begin. I have a feeling that neither did I. Frost Cricket sat in front of the boiling incense kettle, inhaling the scent. The oracle smiled his stained smile again. The fifth champion is wise. And now I must begin. He chewed a fresh petal, swallowed, and began the ritual movement. Frost Cricket watched, mesmerized by the flowing of veils, the shimmering of jewels. Beneath them, his limbs arced and curved, his hips undulated, and his chest heaved, all to the tones of those eyeless players. This was the nectar trance of the divine hummingbirds, the gift of the feathered gods, the art of prophecy. And even an observer as measured as Frost Cricket was struck by its power. Then it was over, and the oracle's eyes opened. He sat quickly, looking across the incense kettle at Frost Cricket. The smell of his sweat mingled with the incense, and Frost Cricket's heart beat faster. Ah, esteemed champion and prefect of the 8th district, I saw many things in your future. Too many to speak of in the time we have. What are you going to tell me? What paperwork I'll do next week? How I'll die? If I'll ever become archprefect? (laughs) Ha <laughs> No, none of those things. The augur priest dropped a fresh block of incense into his kettle. Instead, I will tell you of romance. <coughs> romance, 
for an old woman like me. The oracle ignored her, continuing. You will find true love three times in your life, stately prefect. Once here in the celestial city, twice on a bloody battlefield, thrice on the banks of the endless sea. Only one of them will truly love you in return. Which one, I cannot say. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Frost Cricket stood and stamped her feet. Yes. The oracle stood too as his guardians entered the tent. And yet it is true. But before you go, I must warn you. It is possible you will someday meet a fourth and final love. If you do, woe to us all, for it will be a sign of the end of this world. You're full of crap on a battlefield, on the endless sea. You don't know me at all. Why would I go to those places? That is all the time we have. It was lovely to meet you, Champion Prefect. Perhaps we will meet again. My own future is unknown to me. Con artist! Slime peddler! Phony! You don't know anything! Frost Cricket yelled as the guardians deposited her gently onto the street. He's a fraud! Don't listen to a word he says! Then she blinked and sneezed in the harsh sunlight. The crowd, already used to such outbursts from other supplicants, paid Frost Cricket no mind. Realizing she'd made a scene, she quickly moved on. As she walked, Frost Cricket looked at everyone she passed and began to worry. Suppose she walked right by her true love and didn't even realize it. Even worse, what if it was some beautiful youngster who wanted nothing to do with a besotted old woman? Frost Cricket gripped her brass rod of office until her knuckles were white. What would the other bureaucrats say, watching her moon around the office over unrequited love? And if she was loved in return, what then? Would they live together? Have children? Domestic life made Frost Cricket's stomach churn. She was not about to retire in the middle of parade season. Frost Cricket recoiled from every passerby that smiled at her. She had no time for this sort of thing. When she arrived at her quarters, Frost Cricket locked herself in. Racked with anxiety, she ate as little as possible, fearing a trip to the market, where a clever merchant might steal her heart while selling her grain. She could not sleep, worrying her love would come to her in dreams, like Igishak did to Ptaro in The Night Serpent's Daughter. Only when the first bell struck did Frost Cricket leave her quarters. As she ascended the stairs to the clerking tower, she greeted her fellow bureaucrats brusquely, without eye contact. They whispered amongst themselves, what could have their prefect so worried? Was there another paper shortage? Perhaps the auditors were making their rounds again. But as Frost Cricket worked, her curtness subsided, and she was her old self again. The whispering ceased, and all was well. Perhaps the prefect had slept poorly, or eaten a bad breakfast. But when the day was over, Frost Cricket's unease returned as she thought again of love. She flew down the staircase and locked herself in her quarters, eating only a small dinner and turning restlessly in her sleep. This pattern continued for weeks as the prefect of the 8th district would go to work, where her fear would slip away as she performed her duties. Approval of permits, distribution of resources, sealing of records. 
But as the sun set each day, the unease returned, and she hid herself away in her quarters, night after night. Unfortunately, time would not stop, even for a champion of the Celestial City, and the final day before parade season arrived. Upon completion of the day's work, the bureaucrats opened a jug of barley wine to celebrate. But when they turned to share it with their prefect, she was gone. Frost Cricket flew down the staircase of the clerking tower. The sun was setting, and the 8th district was alive with anticipation. This would not do. She knew many stories of lovers meeting during parade season. She ran quickly to lock herself in, but the bureaucrats' quarters had become the site of a raucous party. Clerks, compilers, and scribes opened jugs of wine or passed around a fragrant pipe. Frost Cricket veered off into the streets, hoping the party would move on before long. Even in the streets, it was impossible to be alone. Frost Cricket ducked into arched doorways as drunken revelers careened by. As the sun set, braziers were lit, and Frost Cricket stuck to the shadows like a thief. Eventually, she was drawn to the solitude of the high gardens. As she walked among the groves and glades, she heard far off celebrating and laughing, and grew sad. Even if she avoided everyone for parade season, she would have to continue work as prefect. She would need to go to market. She would need to fetch water. And at some point, she would lock eyes with someone and no true love. Frost Cricket sat with a thump on the grass and breathed a deep, defeated sigh. Is something the matter, Prefect? A voice asked. Frost Cricket leapt to her feet, brandishing her brass rod, but quickly realized that standing before her was a lawgiver. Eight feet tall, yet possessed of slender grace. Skin cool and smooth like stone, yet softer than a child's cheek. Ageless eyes of mercy, ancient eyes of wisdom, they cut like polished gems. Lawgivers, precept speakers, singers of the divine lament, how it pains us that their names and faces are lost. We wish that they were still among us, oh, to advise us in this violent age, but we may only know them through what was written, what we spoke, what was sung by our ancestors, and their ancestors, and their ancestors. A divine chain, reforged and continued by the priest royals of Yengola. Frost Cricket dropped to one knee and cast her eyes down. Forgive me, Great One. I didn't mean to interrupt you. You're hiding. The lawgiver was curious. But from what? From my true love. Frost Cricket scorned her traitorous mouth. But in the presence of the lawbringer, what could she say but the truth? Today, I visited the Oracle of Yankoga, and he told me I'd find true love three times, and that only one of them would love me in return. The lawgiver thought for a moment, then replied, That's... The dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yes, and it's true. Ugh, I hate drama. Are you frightened of true love? I'm just scared of how dumb it'll make me. I couldn't eat 
I couldn't sleep. Only work kept my head clear, and any second, I'm gonna get all sloppy over some jagoff. Frost Cricket put her face in her palms, hopeless and defeated. The Lawbringer laughed, <laughs> a perfect triad of giggles. Frost Cricket looked up, confused. What's so funny? Why, you've already met your true love, Prefect. You're more smitten than any teenager or poet I've ever known. The lawgiver bid her rise with a perfectly formed and graceful hand. Frost Cricket obliged. Who is it? Not who, but what? The lawbringer smiled in a curious way and tapped Frost Cricket's brass rod of office. Your true love cannot return your affections because you are in love with the law. Frost Cricket felt as though a great dam of ignorance had burst inside her flooding her with the wisdom of the lawgiver's statement. She truly did love the law, and her commission as prefect of the 8th district. She knelt to kiss the lawgiver's feet. I can't believe how silly I was. Thank you, Great One. The lawbringer accepted her tribute, then gave a stern warning. Remember, though, prefect, you are mortal, and for mortals even true love can fade. You have more to give this world than mere paperwork. Now go. Enjoy your holy days. Drink some wine and dance to the musician's revels. Of course, lawgiver. Thank you for your wisdom. Frost Cricket agreed, though she did not understand. She left the high gardens and joined the festivities, where she laughed and drank and danced the night away. She spent her days watching the processions of divinities and priests, and her nights sleeping off the effects of wine and beer. And when the holy days were done, Frost Cricket returned to her work as prefect of the 8th district, embracing it. She spent many years with her first love, until, just as the lawgiver predicted, it faded. It was then she resigned as prefect and wandered the earth, leaving others to uphold and honor the law the very same law passed down to us by the priest royals. It was long before her resignation that Frost Cricket met her second true love, the warrior Cade, who needs no title. But that story is even longer than this one, and we should save it for another day. Tales of Frost Cricket is written, narrated, and produced by Joseph Stilwell, and edited by Wes Walcott. Our cover art was drawn by Matthew K. Hoddy. To see more from him, check out patreon.com slash If you like the show, please subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Or follow us on Twitter at FrostCricket. Joe and Wes would love to collaborate with other creators on Tales of Frost Cricket. If you're interested, email animisticengine at gmail.com. You can support the show financially by becoming a patron of the Cave Goblin Network. Visit patreon.com slash cavegoblins and sign up today. Your monthly support goes directly into creating more Frost Cricket, including exclusive bonus content for backers. Or if you want to make a one-time donation, visit ko-fi.com slash animisticengine. Thank you for listening. Are you a new DM? Are you an experienced DM? Doesn't matter. Listen to DMs of Vancouver for great DMing advice. This is a Cave Goblin podcast. For other podcasts like this, visit cavegoblins.com.
We hope you have enjoyed this program.